You are looking live at chicken dinner. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. I think I'll take two chickens. Go on riverboat gambling trips. You're gonna die for some chickens. Hey, what's your chicken dinner? Someone is. It was feathers yesterday, there was no chicken. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's chicken dinner. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. Here's your host, Sam Panianovich. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner right there, boys. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. How about that? Away we go. Chicken Dinner, Friday, January 27th, 2023. Follow on Twitter at ChickenXDinner. DMs always, always open for you and subscribe so you get this bad boy once it goes live. We will talk to Alan Berg, Vice President of Trading at WinBet. Alan and his team, maybe you've heard, they are launching the book at Encore Boston Harbor. That'll be on Tuesday the 31st, 10 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. We discuss how... Berg books sharp action. We break down the crazy line movement in Bengals Chiefs and take a lovely trip down memory lane for Mayweather McGregor and the movement in that fight. And Allen was writing good money in that bout, mostly on Conor McGregor. Let's see what's going on. Oh, I know. This is going to be a very interesting weekend for your boy because a lot of things are in the hopper right now. Not just bets, but action. As you know, we've got Bengals Futures. We have a Bengals Niners exact the box. We have Sabalenka to win the Women's Australian Open. And I got a phone call on Thursday night. Vegas Rick is going to the Pegasus. He's there actually right now as I tape this. He's doing Friday, Saturday. He says, come down. Let's break this entry off. So (laughs) I will be flying to Fort Lauderdale Saturday morning. 7 a.m., first flight out to go see Vegas Rick, Colorado Charlie. Uncle Kirk is going to be in the house. He has his own entry. We're going to be firing horsey bets all Saturday. Fly back Sunday for championship weekend. Oh, it's going to be great. And if all things go as planned, Cincy wins, Niners win, Sabalenka wins, and we take down the Pegasus. I don't think all those things will happen. That's probably like infinity to one. But a man can hope, right? We have to start with the Brett Maher missed extra point, though, because this is why I think the education of sports betting is almost the most important thing. I have prided myself on being somebody that tries to look out for you, the consumer. I don't want you to make 18 parlays. I don't want you to tease through zero. I don't want you to do dumb shit, and I look out for you. That's why when the Maher stuff came out, Late last week, I believe it was Thursday night or Friday morning, Bet Rivers hung a number on Maher to miss an extra point. And as we all watched in the game against Tampa Bay, he missed four extra points. One for five. So Rivers hangs a number, plus 250 to miss an extra point. A horrendous price. And a one-way market, too. You couldn't bet the no. You could only bet the yes. And my thing was, I wasn't saying that he wasn't going to miss one. I was trying to explain why plus 250 was a fucking horrible number. And it's mathematics. It's not like, it's very simple. Maher coming into that game against San Francisco was 134 for 144 all time. 93%. 
So really, like, there's a mathematical 7% chance that he's going to miss an extra point. Even if you move the number, say you double the number for the yips, and you go, all right, I think there's a 14% chance that he's going to miss an extra point at some point in this game. Let's call it 14%. That math is 6 to 1. It's plus 614. That's doubling the math, which you don't do. It should have never been plus 250. And I tweeted that out, and it got a lot of traction, and it had Circa talking and Superbook talking. So then they opened up the bets. And do you remember what they opened? Jeff Sherman tweeted at my tweet. We just opened. Yes, he'll miss. Plus 500. No, minus 700. Literally, end of story. Plus 250 was a bad number. And then everybody in the match, you don't know what you're talking about. Clearly, you never played football. He's still going to miss one, dickhead. That's not the point. I was on with Nick and Ken on You Better You Bet, and I said, look, I need at least six or seven to one to make this bet. And I need a two-way market, which none of the books were dealing outside of Vegas. You know, Circa and Superbook were going to let you bet the no. So I'm having this conversation all weekend. You know, kicking is a mental game. This line is low. No, it's not. Plus 250 is not. (laughs) What are we doing? And then all weekend after these Vegas books are dealing four or five to one, it's people are like, well, the Maher plus 250 is a great bet. How is it a great bet if a book opened five to one and settled at four to one? And then, of course, he comes out there for the first extra point, and it gets blocked. So then I'm, then I'm just getting dragged all over again. And Jeff Davis and Metcalf and Benson and all those guys are like, pray for SP Shoots mentions. Whatever. It's still a dumb decision. You shouldn't be betting things at plus 250 that open 5-1 to one and should be priced a lot higher. The true price on that is probably like 11 or 12 to 1. But books aren't going to open that because you're all going to bet 11 or 12 to 1. Hell, I would have bet 11 or 12 to 1. As we've talked about for years on the show, there's a difference between odds making and bookmaking. What are the odds? Cool. What do we open? Different conversation. Don't ever tell me that plus 250 to miss an extra point was a great bet. And if I would have told you that he was only going to kick one extra point, would you bet plus 250? No, you wouldn't. Of course not. Let's see. I was on a uh, a slide here in the uh, NFL postseason. Well, I am on a slide picking games. And I, I wrote this up. This was before I had a couple college basketball winners. We had Mizzou plus one. Had the information about Ole Miss's leading score out. That was nice. Had Michigan on Thursday night. Got a little lucky, but I don't care because I've been unlucky. Michigan plus five and a half. They bank a three, lose by five. But before those two games... Chicken dinner picks were on a 1-8-1 and one slide for minus 8.3 units, and it sucks. And I feel like I have this conversation with you three or four times a year. It's inevitable. Everybody goes cold. If they don't admit that, they're lying. I had Rutgers Northwestern under 126. It landed 127. Had Seattle-San Francisco first half under, game under. It went over both ways. Vikings minus three, dud. Buccaneers plus two and a half, double dud. Giants plus seven, money line, triple dud. 
I gave you San Diego State Air Force under 130. It landed 130 push. It's like 20 points in the final two minutes of the first half and just got to the number and then died. Dead under game. Push. I'm like, I can't catch a break. Bengals plus six. Finally. All right. There's a win. And then I gave you Ayuk over 52 and a half yards against Dallas, and that was a loss. So I'm I'm having a hard time, of course. Um, it helps when you get a couple wins in a row. But I am the type of person that until I am seeing the ball well, I will I will sit these out. And championship weekend, I don't really have the need to give you three or four bets. Um, obviously, there's a lot in the kitty already. We need Cincinnati. We need San Francisco. So I don't really feel like making any bets. Let's just go with the vision that I had before the playoffs. So, I, look, I could take Chiefs money line right now. I could take Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I could go Eagles. I, I don't want to. The thought process I had coming into the playoffs was that Cincinnati – was undervalued, underrated, and they were nowhere near as big of dogs as they should have been against the heavy hitters. And we saw that. Buffalo closed minus six. It should have never been that high. So I was always high on Cincy from a power rating standpoint, but the gap between Buffalo, KC, and Cincy, I never thought was that big. So that's why I talked about Cincy, and they were at that point 859-1. I still believe that the Bengals can win, and I, I still think they will win. More on that in a second. And then with San Francisco, it's twofold. I think they have the best defense in football and the best schematics on offense. Yes, they have a young quarterback, rookie Brock Purdy, but he's protected and has weapons. Those are the two benefactors to have success with a young quarterback. Protect them and give them weapons. And that line is really good. Those playmakers, <sighs> McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Even the fullback they use well. And the formations are always different. So the defenses are always guessing. And they do so many different things. Like they put McCaffrey in the slot. They put Debo in the backfield. Kittle's on the line. Kittle's wide out. It, 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 you just can't prepare for what they do. Because if you study the film and you're looking for something, they're going to hit you with something else. So I thought their versatility on offense was going to set them apart. And let's not forget, the Niners have been here. They've done that. This is the third NFC title game for them in four years. In the year they didn't make it, they were decimated by injuries. So I'm sticking with that. I am rooting Cincy. I am rooting Niners. Sort of having deja vu, too, because I was in this same situation last season. We had the Niners pre-flop bet to win the NFC at 7-1. And then we had KC... After they went out and started 4-4, four and four, we bet them plus 650 to win the AFC. So I came into championship weekend last year needing the Chiefs, the Niners, one or the other, or both, whatever. Just need one of those teams to go. And I didn't hedge. And going back, yeah, I could have parlayed the Rams and Bengals money lines. Nope, I let them ride. I'm not a big hedge person. Like, we did hedge Kansas national title because we had 20-1, to 1, and they made the national title game. And I'm like, look, I'm going to bet – Three units on Carolina because I'm not going to lose all of this. I'm going to take a little chunk out of 20 to 1. But these Bengal Niner bets, like, I look, I, I'm willing to do it again. I don't want to bet Kansas City. I don't think Mahomes is right. Even though the market says he is, I don't believe it. And this guy has also lost two AFC title games at home. And Andy Reid, before he won that Super Bowl, was the biggest choke artist in this round 
maybe ever. How many times did they lose in the NFC title game in the Super Bowl in Philly? How many times in Kansas City did they get so close and lose to Brady or, or have a 21-3 leader race last year by Burrow? The Chiefs are not unbeatable. They also have the worst defense of the four remaining. Rank these defenses, will you? San Francisco, Philly, Kansas City, Cincinnati. If Kansas City isn't four, you are not paying attention. So the Chiefs have the unhealthiest quarterback and the worst defense. Okay? I don't want to bet Bengals plus one. I, I think I should be getting three in the game, but I can just stay away. And then Philly, I, I don't want to bet Philly. I think that this quarterback is going to be in the pocket a lot more than he'd like to be, a lot more than Nick Sirianni would like him to be. And Jalen Hurts, the thrower, isn't as scary as Jalen Hurts, the runner. So I'm riding with Burrow and riding with the best defense in the NFL. Hey, got this far. Got this far. And I saw this from Cleve Analytics on Twitter. How about this? With Jamar Chase in the lineup, the Bengals have gone 22 straight games without losing by more than three. They keep these games close. They are almost blowout proof. And how about that number now? Remember, KC opens two, two and a half. The Bengals go to two, two and a half. And then the Mahomes news is better than people thought. So KC gets a lot of sharp money. I'm talking to John Murray. I'm talking to Metcalf. I'm talking to all these guys in Vegas, Chris Andrews, Tony Miller. All the wise guys are betting us Kansas City. Okay, so now Chiefs back to one, one and a half. But now you can tease Cincinnati. Is that a great teaser piece or what? From one and a half through three, four, six, seven. That's an awesome leg for a teaser. With a team that I just told you has not been blown out in 22 games as long as Jamar Chase is there. And he is. He's available. We'll see what happens. I'm not hedging. I'm also not hedging in the Australian Open. We are one win away from cashing those tickets at plus 750. Tweeted about this, SP shoot, chicken dinner. A lot of you jumped on. Uh, there's been a lot of hate since the pick was made. It's been, <laughs> it's been funny to follow, actually. Like, all right, I had B-Rabbit, uh, the white kid, telling me that, you know, hey, bro, like you might as well just rip this ticket on fire. She's going to lose in the first round. Then I had people, oh, she never wins. She can't put it together. Now I got guys telling me she's going to lose in the final. I'm like, I don't care. I have plus 750. She's minus 150 to win the final against Ribikina. I could hedge it again, but fuck that. I'm riding with Sabalenka. She is playing dominant tennis right now. And let me give full credit to Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. You guys know him. He's been on the show. We're good friends. We talk every day. He's like, she is locked in right now. And if she plays to her potential, she's winning this match. Rubikin is good. Sabalenka has not lost a set yet. And she had a very, very interesting tiebreaker in the semis. Pushed through, went deep, found it, won that set 7-6, to six, and then blows through the second set, wins the match. I'm sorry. I'm not hedging. Maybe it's just the mood I'm in right now. I don't want to hedge Bengals. I don't want to hedge Bengals Niners. I don't want to hedge Sabalenka. I want it all. And uh, good news. We can legally bet sports next week in Massachusetts. Not everywhere. Not mobile. 
Uh, from what I can gather, it's the uh, brick-and-mortar joints. So you can go to the Encore Boston Harbor. You can go to MGM in Springfield. I know that they're building a Caesars book out in Raynham. Suffolk Downs eventually will have an anchored book. Um, and then uh, Barstool, of course, in Plainville at Plain Ridge Park. So more people will join the party. Eventually, DraftKings, FanDuel will be here. Fanatics got a license. You know, PointsBet will likely be here. I'm being told it's going to be like 10, 11 licenses. But the fact that next week, literally on Tuesday, I can walk into a casino 10 minutes from where I live and place a sports bet, I cannot wait. And this is somebody that obviously bet illegal for a long time. I mean, you couldn't bet sports until Paspa went down legally outside Nevada. We all had bookies, I'm assuming. Then I lived in Vegas. I could bet everything I wanted. It was like the best candy store in the world where there was unlimited candy. All these sports books and casinos. And then I moved to Illinois. Illinois opens up. COVID happens. Move out to Boston. I get to Boston, and it's like, oh, you can't bet here. I'm like, wait, what? Why can't we bet here? We've waited so long. I've only been here two years, and I've been having to drive to New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut to get tickets. I'm not getting a bookie out of it. We've talked about that. The Nesson guy doesn't need a bookie. For better or for worse. I don't need to take somebody and I don't need to be taken. That ain't happening. But I can go on Tuesday and make a bet and get a ticket. Let's go. I'm so pumped for this. Because I have made the trip down to Foxwoods and Mohegan. And I go up to Seabrook up there. Like DraftKings is in New Hampshire. That's not a bad ride. 40 minutes. If I need a FanDuel number, and there have been a couple times, like I remember driving down on a college football Saturday, I think in late November, yeah, it had to be, to go stuff the kiosk for golden ball bets. And I can't text my guys in Vegas because you can't really bet that stuff in Vegas, and the guys that I talk to can't get down $20. I'm like, hey, I want to bet 200 on this at 12 to 1. The guy goes, yeah, real funny. So I have to drive 90 minutes down to Connecticut to get this number at FanDuel, and it sucks. But eventually, this is going to be the mecca in New England. Mass will have the most outs. New Hampshire has one. Connecticut has two. Rhode Island has one. You can't line shop in those states, but you're going to be able to line shop here. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. And I'm thinking about my first bet, and I know what it's going to be. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want to lose the number. I have it already set up at win. I've already looked into the app, and I've already looked at the price, and I think it's nice. And, yeah, I'm going to have some fun with this one. I'm going to throw a nickel on this if they'll take it, and I'm hoping they take it. We'll talk more about uh, how Allen Berg wants to limit me already just to piss me off. Uh, we'll, give you, we'll give you $5.25. Oh, I would be irate. But it's here, people. We've waited for this. And that place is starting to come to life. I was walking around the other day before our interview. Ticket writers are behind the counter, pushing all the buttons, getting used to the magic. You got everybody in the book, putting all the chairs in order. There are 120 kiosks at the Encore and 10 window positions. You don't find that many kiosks anywhere. They don't have that many kiosks in Vegas. 
So you're going to be able to get down, and it's not just going to be Encore, not going to just be MGM, Plain Ridge Park, Barstool. Like, there's going to be a lot going on. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a space where they are going to try and acquire you. You are valuable because these books need you. They need your business. So they are going to pepper you with all of these deals. Sign up, free bet, 500, 750. I don't know that we get the $1,000 free bets anymore, but those are nice. Hey, get all the outs. Take advantage of this stuff. It's free money because they need you. Massachusetts, I think, is going to be a top five state in handle. When you think about it, it's New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Nevada. Not in that order, but those are the, the big five. Mass will have bigger handle than some of those states. Not all of them, but some of them. These people here are so passionate. They love sports. They love their teams. And they are passionate about betting on or against their teams. They have no issue going against the Patriots if it's necessary. So we're here. We're about ready to rock. We're about ready to roll. Oh, and I just got a text. I was going to get to this earlier. He texted me right before I started recording. The bartender has his pick already for Saturday. Or for Sunday, excuse me. Both games on Sunday. Just guess. I want to play this game. What is the most obvious pick on Championship Sunday? If you really think about it, you know what it is. And I've tried not to think like this guy because then you get stuck in that mode. You're like, oh, my God, I'm the bartender now. But he killed the Bills last week, laid five and a half. He thought the game should have been seven. Great odds making per usual. What's the most obvious bet? Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals. Come on, you know what it is. You got it yet? Stay tuned. Joined again on Chicken Dinner by Alan Berg, VP of Trading, WinBet. This is like where James Bond hung out in the 70s. This is nice in here. Now you know what my lifestyle looks like, man, finally for once. We are sitting in what <laughs> looks like a converted salon. It's basically a poker room now. You are wearing your Johnny Cash, black on black, fancy looking suit, really crisp. I show up to the book down here, which is opening next Tuesday, 10 a.m., and I say I'm here for Mr. Berg. I actually said Mr. Berg. They bring me up into this room, and you're sitting in here by yourself, just chilling in a fancy chair, ready to rock, ready to roll. This is like media day for you. <laughs> it's been pretty wild today, man. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people are excited about this whole Boston sports betting thing, which is crazy, ain't it? I don't think I would have enjoyed our interview five years ago when we met, but now that like you are a seasoned pro, you know, do they give you like a, a cheat sheet or do they prep you for these? Or you just knock them out now. It's the knock it out situation in most cases, but. I got a lot of great people around me to steer me in the right direction originally. You landed here when? I got here December 29th <laughs> in the Boston area, and I might leave February 14th is the sound of it. With one suitcase? Yeah, that was a huge mistake, too. Um, yeah, I've had to make a couple mall trips already. I so. drove you to the mall one time. I drove <laughs> you to Kohl's to get shoes. <laughs> I packed a bunch of shoes, the nice shoes, and forgot the workout shoes. So, yeah, that was a, I appreciate that. Can you even explain? I know this is a very complex question, but can you explain all that the team has accomplished in the last three weeks or so? Oh, man. It, yeah, you're right. It's very hard to explain. Um We've had so much commitment from so many different people that work within WinBet, within Encore Boston Harbor, 
Um, you know, we've even gotten some from Win Las Vegas. Um, it's a true team effort of Win Resorts to do anything, everything we can to make sure that we can provide the best experience for uh, anybody who comes in here. And I think it's going to be awesome. It's not just the executive team, though. It's not just, you know, the guys that are making decisions. It's, you are literally training an entire staff collectively. And when I was in the book 10 minutes ago, there are ticket writers like popping numbers on the screen to, to practice for the test that is on Tuesday and that will continue until the end of time. I mean, this is the switch is going from off to on. That has to be fascinating to be a part of. Yeah, it's pretty surreal, man. I mean, you know, growing up, uh, you know, in my 20s in the Vegas area, right, we're just accustomed to everything's open. Like there's no, you know, most cases there's not a new sports book launching in a lot of these scenarios are already there. So um, to do it in a town like Boston where it's just, you know, the energy here is the sports fans like off the charts. It's, it's, it's really cool. I see some of that energy on Twitter from time to time. Maybe you've seen some of the energy that comes my way. Oh, my God, it's, it's the Wild West here. I mean, Chicago prepared me for Boston in some weird way, but does Montana prepare you for Boston? No. <laughs> different, different type of lifestyle in these places. But being from Montana, living in Las Vegas, and being in Boston, I'm pretty adaptable at this point to any situation, I feel like. How did you get to Vegas? Uh... I don't know, man. I think I just always loved the city from when I was a kid. And my parents used to, you know, drive there, you know, every every now and then, and then also go to like California trips and stuff like that. And I always was fascinated by the city and started looking into moving there. And it was completely a different deal than Montana, so it was right in my alley. I always loved Vegas too. I had a picture in my bedroom, which is probably my dad's fault. I was like ten years old, and it was Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Pippen, Vegas Strip. And they let that happen at age 10. And then when I was 12, my dad took us to Vegas as a family, like my grandma, my aunts, and he went into 30 different casinos and got a $1 chip from all the casinos and then framed that and put that in my room. And he's like, ah, at 15, he's like, I don't like you gambling. I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, you planted the seed. So it's fascinating to hear how people get to Vegas or fall in love with Vegas. Yeah, I, I can't even really describe why, man. I just I just knew it was so different, and I wanted to see what it was like to live there. And I came there at 18 at UNLV, and um, it was just it was just a crazy place to live. And um, to the point where I went back home to Montana because I needed to focus a little better than I did when I was 18 in Vegas. I understand. I know how it goes. But I mean, all the things that you've learned, you know, it's weird. You're you're basically making like a a bookmaker stew. And you're taking all these different things from different people. Like, I know you took a lot from Junkyard at Caesars, and you kind of hopped around from here and there. But, like, you, you have to become your own bookmaker, but you also need to learn how to do certain things from different people, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the nice thing is I think I kind of grew up in almost the perfect time for the expansion because I learned from the right guys, like, how, how, you, how you trade a book, like, the proper way. Like, don't be so afraid of sharp action. Be willing to take it on and and train a room, teach a room of actually how to do it, you know? And I, I think our room is, is an awesome one. I mean, I, I, I'm impressed every day with the growth of everyone in that room and what, they're, what they bring to the table. You brought up how to book sharp. Can you expand on that? Because, you know, a lot of people wonder why all these books, and we're not gonna name names here. I know WinBet takes big action from respected players. And I'm not talking about Julian Edelman's $1,000 parlays, because that's not, he's not a sharp gambler. I'm saying, you don't have to say that, I'll say that. He's a He's a football player that's made a lot of money that likes to get down, but he is not what I consider a sharp gambler. 
you are willing to take on sharp gamblers. Your president told me, I am taking on sharp gamblers. I might not take the amount they want to get down, but I will take sharp action because it helps me get to the right number. Can you expand on what you just said about how to book sharp? Yeah, I mean, essentially, like, we have our own opinions in the room of what we think the number should be, and you can't get too far off world markets and whatnot because you know you're going to get bets the second you do. But the beauty of it is, you know, if you do have some sharp customers, sometimes they tip you off as to where it's going to go, and you can get ahead of things in, in all these different spots, whether it's the full game, the first half, the over-under, what, whatever the case may be, player props, yada, yada, yada. We, you know, we have a room that recognizes it, and you know, more often than not, is able to turn that information into doing well for the company. And from what I can gather, knowing you as long as I have now, and, and talking to a lot of the guys that do what you do, the sharp action has different levels. Like it's one thing if it's a hot account or a good player that bets you NFL Sunday. You're not gonna move it that much, right? Guy comes in and takes a dog plus three. But if he bets you on Towson minus four, <laughs> On a Thursday night, like, you know something's up. Yeah, college basketball is just the biggest beast, man. It's just so hard. It just is. And anybody who says otherwise is, is crazy as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's my least favorite sport to book when I was at Caesars. It's my least favorite sport to book at WinBet. It's an animal that's very hard to get on the right number at the right time, and you don't go far enough in certain things, especially with totals. It's tricky. It's a tough one. Do you remember the most amount of money that you were, like, responsible on one decision? No, <laughs> not, off, a good answer, not off the top of my head. No, um, but it had we, to be close to six figures. Yeah, I'm sure there was something something in that range. We don't talk about the wins; we talk about the losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've seen it all. I guess basically at this point. So, the fascinating story that I always hear from guys that were booking bets at this time in Vegas was Mayweather McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Were you in store for that? Did you? you know, yeah, you I was. I was at I mean, Caesars. You, you at guys the time. couldn't write bets on Mayweather. I yeah, mean, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe the amount of money that was coming in on McGregor. I, I just a guy who'd never had a professional boxing match in his career, <laughs> fighting arguably the greatest boxer of all time. Uh, that was a surreal night working behind the counter at Caesars, and uh, you know our boss at the time, uh, Frank Kunovic. He he just was like, "Hey, you guys just keep keep taking it." So we were like thrilled. We we're like, yeah, it's great, you know. And if, if he's like, if we if McGregor wins, I have some explaining to do, but I'm willing to do it. So I was like, okay, if here McGregor we go. McGregor wins, we're all fired. <laughs> Probably at the end of the day, that might have been where it headed to. But uh, you know, I you don't get too many of those opportunities. One book open, maybe it was even you guys, the Caesars at the time, open minus like twenty five hundred, and then Connor came back at eight nine to one. And that fight got down to about Floyd minus four dollars, at which point you could have laid four hundred when you had to lay twenty five on the open. And every wise guy laid four, five, six dollars, but oh, yeah. every twenty dollar bet, every hundred dollar bet came in on the dog because when it comes to boxing or fighting or UFC or whatever, people want to bet a little to win a lot. Yep. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I remember when the twenty five hundred came out, and I was like, "That's a terrible number. It should be like minus five thousand, minus ten thousand. This flight is not going to be, it's not going to be, it's going to be as good as Floyd wants it to be." And he dictated basically the entire fight. When yep. he wanted to finish it, he finished it. Yep. Um, let's talk about lines that have moved, and I I think let's get into you know conference championship weekend. You guys aren't going to be taking bets this weekend, but you'll be up and ready to rock and roll Tuesday. 10 a.m. on the 31st, yes? Yes, sir. At Encore Boston Harbor. Kiosks are ready. Ticket riders are ready to rock and roll. Um, 
this Bengals thing is fascinating to me. And I bet before the playoffs, Bengals nine to one. A couple weeks back, I bet twelve to one. And then I also have Bengals Niners. So I'm Mr. Bengals right now. And I think you're Mr. Bengal too. But I just can't, like, why are they laying points in Kansas City? Because Buffalo was a six-point favorite against these Bengals. And depending on who you asked, Kansas City was like a point better than Buffalo. So Mahomes is going to play, ideally, and the Bengals go from plus six on the road to minus one on the road and I just I can't I can't quantify that much of a move. I, I, I'm with you. I think that the I think, you know, as you just said, we're both kind of pro Bengals. We have been before the playoffs started. Um, I think the issue is is that they look so impressive on the road in that game and I, I think they just they have that whole like we, we got into a situation where the NFL didn't do us any favors with the scheduling and we don't get any we don't you know, there's no reason that they couldn't have played that game on a neutral field, and it really seemed to inspire those players. The front four played amazing on defense. It looks like they're coming together. The parity of the league, I mean, all four of these teams are very capable of winning the Super Bowl, and it's just going to come down to matchups. But as far as the line, you know, I mean, I don't know how healthy Patrick Mahomes is, and I feel like the, the sharp guys are the guys that are moving these lines. And it, it's not, you know, it's not public money that's doing that. So, yeah, I think that because of how impressive they looked and the Chiefs were in a battle with the Jags for a while, I think that that's probably the right number. So the market has upgraded Cincy, downgraded Kansas City, maybe a little bit off the pedestal that it was on with Buffalo. Maybe those teams from Jump Street were too high compared to Cincinnati. And then you're, you're trying to handicap how effective Mahomes will be shot up like a horse. Yeah. And we have no idea if he can move or not. Right, and I think that's it, right? You know, we all know that's a huge piece of his game is his ability to extend the play. So if he takes a few hits, I mean, second quarter, I mean, if that thing starts, you know, locking up on him and his mobility's even worse than it was in the first quarter, things could get a little dicey for that offense. Okay, so Casey opened two on Cincy. Bengals swung to the favorite almost immediately, and it got to two and a half. I think you guys at WinBet were two, two and a half on Monday. If Mahomes on Friday gets ruled out, what is the right number? Can you even answer that? Ah, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, definitely, I think you're. I mean, you you're guaranteed to cross three, which is where things start to get interesting with how much value is in the Chiefs because Henny's shown he's he's capable of coming in and kind of holding things together. But I think you put so much pressure at that point on the Chiefs' defense to be great that day. Uh, man, and that's the worst defense left in the playoffs. Yeah, from, of the four, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, that that's the big thing I keep talking about, and I think why we have this. I've never seen four teams left in the Super Bowl so close in odds before ever, and so it just shows that each team I think has like a big weakness, right? Cincinnati's offensive line is clearly their weakness with all the injuries they've had. Um, Chiefs defense, Eagles inexperience, and getting a cupcake in the Giants essentially to play. So you know. All of them kind of have it. We don't know if we don't know how good Purdy is really deep down because of how good that offense is and the scheme and everything. So all of them have something that could rear its head at any point. Right, Purdy's protected and he has weapons. I mean, you open the cupboard. There's McCaffrey. There's Debo. There's Kittle. There's Ayuk. It's just that you don't need to have a star quarterback when you have star skill and speed. And then their line is one of the best in the league. But I'm just I'm, I'm trying to have this conversation with somebody who thinks about this for a living because you have to think about damage control. You know, people always wonder, like, how do odds makers think? 
And you can't, like, say Mahomes gets ruled out, you can't go to six. Right. Because then you're going to write all the KC sharp action at six, and then you get middle. Yeah. So you can't go too far, but you have to go far enough to try to get to that middle number, which, again, is so far removed from where it was last week. Because if, if KC played Cincy in the divisional round, KC is minus six, six and a half. So you can't, like, you can't over-move it, but you have to, you're trying to find how far to move it, and it's sort of an impossible calculation. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, the only thing that we have benefiting us is if it happens as early as Friday, right, we can go to five and a half and maybe not take as much as we would uh, if that was, like, Sunday morning at 9 a.m., then, you know, that number's going to be even more crucial. But to your point, I think it's almost like you go to five and a half, see what they do with it. If you're still getting it with Bengals money, then you're going to flash six at least just to see what happens. But I'm with you. I, I think you've kind of already gotten that move through zero with the Mahomes potential being, you know, tough to run around on the field. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. And then NFC-wise, not from a house, from an individual. What do you think uh... – what do you think is the handicap there? I still like Niners. Um, Eagles are built really well, but um, I, I just think scheme-wise, they're just they're just tough to handle on offense, and uh, their defense obviously is to me the best in the league. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's kind of a lower-scoring game, um, but I think the Niners figure out a way to get there. I would be very happy for two reasons. One, I would cash a ticket on Bengals Niners, which we already talked about, and two. I won't have to drive to New Hampshire to catch that shit anymore. I can bet it here. I can bet that stuff here in what? Well, we're taping this on a Wednesday. I can basically next week I can bet this stuff right here, and then eventually I can bet it in my robe at home. Perfect. That's it, man. And you're going to bet it here at Encore Boston Harbor, which is one of the best places in the world you can make a sports bet now. Uh, back to the PR side of things. Absolutely. Um, how, how bad do you want to limit me to $11? <laughs> I think if I was going to limit you, it would be some kind of number that would be hilarious with the decimals involved, just to be just to be extra funny with it. I'm trying to give you some nickels here and there, but <laughs> I'm going to be pumping. I'm not going to be betting ten grand, but I'm going to be betting, and I, I can't like I would pay for my profile. I know you'll never give me the profile, <laughs> but I would pay good money to see like my AI profile. Like when you click my account after four months. Do you respect, like, if you were to take my name away from it and just look at it, is this guy good or is he not? I would pay for this information way too much money. <laughs> no comment. Wow, he is a pro. No comment already. All right, I don't want to waste much more of your time because you probably have a, a dinner with a hot date from Belarus or something, the way you're dressed <laughs> and the way you're acting these days. Um, what are you most excited about as you open up legalized gambling in Mass? I mean, I love the business, you know, I'm, I'm bred in it from over a decade and um, Boston is a city that this should be legal and should be, you know, anybody can come in and make a bet and, and cheer on their teams and this, the city's awesome. I mean, it's one of the best sports cities there is in the entire United States. So it's a pretty cool thing. And then you mix in the, the class and, you know, five star of Encore Boston Harbor. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty great place to play. And I imagine the locals have warned you about how passionate these fans are. Oh, yes. I think you saw a little bit of that in Vegas when the Golden Knights were good in that first year, but that was – that's not really – that's apples to oranges because that was a brand-new team, brand-new time, where these people have been entrenched here for decades. And whether it's on or against, they are going to let you know how they feel about their teams. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to game three of the finals here last year with the uh, Warriors, and I mean, that crowd was intense. It was, a, it was a pretty cool experience, and you can definitely feel that passion that you're talking about that's entrenched in the city. Yeah, they're going to bet you, no doubt about it, and they're not just going to bet Patriots. I had, I had had that conversation in Nesson when I started. They're like, all right, we should do the first segment on the Red Sox, and the second segment on the Bruins, and the third segment on the Patriots, and maybe the Celtics in the fourth segment. I'm like, you realize that people would gamble don't just gamble on the local teams. They're gambling on everybody. Absolutely. Especially they don't play every day. So, you know, got to bet something else. Um, did you, uh, did, how much did you move your uh, your Patriots number when they got Bill O'Brien? What, like $10, $20? I'm being told it's a huge move. I, I mean, I don't know, man. You know my history with Bob. But uh, <laughs> Matt, going from Matt Patricia to Bill O'Brien, I will honestly say it's an upgrade for the Patriots. I had to ask the guy I work with, like, did, does he have receivers in his pocket? Like, is he bringing any talent with him? I know it's great to go from a D coordinator on offense to an O coordinator on offense, but coordinators don't move the line. Like, Sean Payton, when he gets hired, is he going to move the total on these teams, is it? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it always depends, I suppose, on where an offensive mind goes in an offensive-minded league at this point, but it, it wouldn't move it enough to where anybody would even know you moved it. Uh, last question involves everybody's favorite Bostonian or adopted Bostonian, Tom Brady. Uh, is he playing next year? And if he does, where's he going? I think he'll be playing in the uh, the lights of Las Vegas next yeah? year. Yeah. Yep. Devonte McDaniel's. Yeah, it just makes sense. I think he I think he was basically gonna move there and be a part of that team when they launched the franchise there in the city. But timing, I think, is right. He got the big time target. Got Waller. He's you know he knows McDaniel's real well. Seems like shoe fits to me. The man has an answer for every question, and when he doesn't, he just says no comment. Like <laughs> a pro, at percent Berg on Twitter, Alan Berg, VP of Trading at WinBet. I apologize that you still have to work with Mo Pearson as you make all of these grand gestures to bring betting to another state. I wish you guys all the best. I'm going to be here a lot. I can't wait to get limited, and I'm sure I will see you at some point before you leave, hopefully without the, the suits around and all the feds in this building. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thank you. That about does it for Chicken Dinner. Thanks to Alan Berg for hopping on the show. As I told you earlier, it's been a slide in the NFL. Uh, not a good postseason for your boy, but we do have these bets in the hopper. Bengals plus 850, Super Bowl. Bengals Niners, 16-1, exact the box. And we need Sabalenka. I'm thinking about watching that match on Saturday morning. I'm going out Friday night. The match is on Saturday at 3 a.m., and then I get on a plane, hopefully after an Australian Open ticket hits, and go on the golf stream to see the boys. What a weekend it should be. And then the Super Bowl in Vegas. You coming out? Look me up at SP Shoot. Cash some tickets, make some money. We'll talk to you next time right here on Chicken Dinner. Oh